It's the Speedway Show, an idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speedway. Hello, hello, hello. I am actually um, talking to you today about something that is near and dear to my heart. I really actually felt that this was one of the reasons why I was um, ordained is too strong a word, but it is one of the reasons I felt that I was supposed to do this show. Um, I like to, I have a very close relationship with my heavenly dad. I call him dad. And uh, I, I knew that dad wanted me to do something, to talk to people about, you know, difficult aspects of relationship for a long time. I didn't know what it was. But when this show was born, I really believed that one of the, the topics, difficult topics, I was supposed to talk about was this this topic that we're going to continue on today. And it is when the marriage falls apart. Today is part two of when the marriage falls apart. Part one, uh, I aired, uh, part one would have aired uh, previously, probably about a month ago now. And... Um, it is one of those things that's really hard to talk about because it's such a painful topic. And it's one of those topics that, you know, at the end of the day, you hope nobody ever goes through. God himself in the Bible says, I hate divorce. And if you've ever gone through a divorce, you know exactly why he hates it. And I don't know anybody who would ever say they didn't hate it who's been through it. I have been one of those unfortunate ones who have been through it, and I would not wish it on my worst enemy. And, in fact, I did have somebody that um, called me up one day and she told me she was getting divorced from her husband and we had some negative history and, and um, you know, she certainly wasn't somebody I'd have called my friend, but she reached out to me for help and I found myself feeling just so compassionate because I get what that is like and it's horrible. On top of that, I actually did divorce law for five years, the first five years of my career, so this is a topic that I'm really quite familiar with, have had a lot of people who uh, who I I have known who have gone through it. So I feel like um, it's one of those topics that I, 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 I can say I, I feel reasonably equipped to talk about because I can talk about it firsthand. I can talk about it from the perspective of all of my clients who went through it and um, all of my, my friends and acquaintances that I know who have been through this um, experience. Well, let's talk about, let's continue talking about something we started at the last show, and that was this whole concept of when you get to that point where you are separated and you are um, trying to decide if you're going to be in the relationship or not. At the last show, one of the things that I said was, you know, I understand that the relationship ain't going to improve and it's not going to succeed until you decide if you're going to be in it. One of you, um, if one of you doesn't want to be in it, then my suggestion to the other person is there is a point at which you have to accept that because you can't fix a relationship if only one person is interested. Relationships are one of those weakest link kind of deals. And this is true if you're dating. This is true if you are married. It is only going to be as strong as the person with the least desire for it, 
right? So if you want to be in the relationship and your spouse has no interest, then you're you're going to be done and you have to face it. There will come a time where you may run from it, but you will have to come to accept it because you can't fix something unless both of you are deeply, deeply motivated to fix it. The other thing is that understand if you are able to come to the table to fix it, understand that it has to change. You can't go back to what it was because, after all, what it was was broken. And if it wasn't broken, then you wouldn't be sitting here facing the end of the marriage in the first place, right? Part of the reason that some people find that they don't want to go back to the relationship is because they've made peace with everything it wasn't. And they have sealed up the wounds that they have um, experienced at the hands of this relationship. So let's suppose that you have a spouse who is emotionally absent and who just does not give you the time of day. And they act like they don't love you. Matter of fact, you don't even think they like you. There is a mourning process that you may go through in order to get to a point of acceptance that, you know what, this spouse is just not going to be the stuff that fairy tales are made of. This is not the happily ever after spouse. This is not the spouse who's going to sweep me off my feet with gourmet meals when I come home at the end of the day. She is going to have, you know, angry stares and scowls, and she's going to yell at the children, and she's going to treat me like... You know, I am her worst enemy on most days, and that's when things are going well. There may be a period of mourning that you have to go through in order to accept that this is the marriage that you have, and it ain't the marriage that you want. So if you go through that period of mourning, you arrive on the other side of that period, and you have accepted it. You may not be altogether excited about uh, your wife coming back now and saying, honey, I want to work things out again. Why don't we go back to the marriage? Because what you're thinking is, what? Go back to that? Oh, heck no. I'm not going back there. You have no idea how much emotional capital I have spent trying to get past it, trying to accept it, trying to get peace, trying to live with it, dealing with the loneliness that I have felt in this marriage and thinking to myself, it would be better if I were single. Because at least if I were single and I were lonely, I could I could get my head around that. But if I'm married and I'm lonely, there is just no part of that that makes sense. So you want me to go back to what? So this might be how you might be feeling if that's your situation. And so, gee, let's work it out can't just be gee, let's go back to the life we had. Why don't you just come home and let's pretend this never happened? Most of the time, if you've been through that period of change, you're not going to have any level of excitement about going back to that kind of situation. It just ain't going to fly for you. So part of what you have to understand is the need for change. Understand that if you're going to reconcile and you're going to work this out, things have to change. And things have to change perhaps a lot because there are a lot of broken things and it's going to be really hard work and you're just going to have to make the commitment that you're going to make things work and use your common sense in in coming together to a successful reconciliation. Let 
suppose, however, that it ain't going to work. Heading your separate ways. I'm not going to give you this bit of advice just because I'm a lawyer. I'm going to give you this bit of advice because it's good advice. Get a lawyer. Why should I have a lawyer, you might say? We agree on everything. Well, if you were in agreement fully, you wouldn't be getting divorced. So let's just accept that both of you might not be on the same page with respect to how to deal with the end of the marriage, just as both of you apparently are not on the same page with respect to how to continue the marriage. Here's why I would suggest you get a lawyer, even if, you feel like you're going to agree. You need a lawyer because the, the laws in every state are different. Um, matters of divorce are generally governed by state law, which means if you are in the United States, every single one of the 50 states has laws around um, what happens in the event of a divorce. No one is going to know all of them. I'm a lawyer. I don't know. Matter of fact, I'm a lawyer. I live in Minnesota. I've never practiced divorce law in Minnesota. I couldn't tell you what the ins and outs of divorce law are in Minnesota, even though I actually got divorced here. I could tell you what the laws were in Ohio mm, 20 years ago, but I'm going to guess some things have changed. And so, and I'm a lawyer. I am a lawyer. When I got divorced, I got a lawyer. So, uh, and there's a saying that, you know, a lawyer who has himself for a client um, has a very foolish client indeed. So, you know, even lawyers who get divorced get lawyers. So get lawyers so that you can understand what is going on in your state and what you have a right to. It would appear that I have a caller, and I'm going to see if I can get my caller online. Hi, caller 323, you are on the air. Hey, how you doing? This is Dean Call from California. How you doing? I'm doing quite well. I hope you're having a lovely, lovely, sunny day in California. I'm saying, I'm hearing you guys having a blizzard over there, so it's, it's not a good day right now for y'all over there. I'm saying. Oh, yes, honey, it's coming. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the frogs down. and the uh, locusts and Pharaoh to just let the people go over there. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so is there something you'd like to share with me today? Yeah, I just, I just have a question, you know, because, um, you know, a lot of people are in situations now they say because it's not financially, it's cheaper to keep them, you know, so they they stay. Um, I, I was calling to one of these blog shows um, just a couple of days ago, and a young lady, she said she was in a situation for 15 years. They have been separated, um, but, but, but they haven't um, divorced. And um, when we all asked her why, she said, you know, well, she don't see a need for it until she finds the one and then she'll get a divorce or whatever and stuff like that. But everybody was saying that, you know, she's still connected to him, but they haven't, you know, been in the same city, the same place or whatever for 15 years. And, and, and you know, so we all were coming down on her like, you know, why don't you just, just do it? And she says, why should I have to pay and stuff like that, you know, and all that, you know. So, you know, my question, I guess, is saying like, you know, you know um, financially, you know, like you said, everyone should have a lawyer. And you know everyone's scared of prosopia or whatever you call that. So, so what would be your advice for them? You know, people like that. You know, do, do you think that they haven't come to terms with you know being alone? So, like, I, I don't, I don't know the philosophy or the psychology behind that. 
there are a lot of reasons people don't get divorced. And I, I would argue that oftentimes it, it, it's not about the money because I tell you what, the people that I have met who really wanted to get out of a marriage, they were willing to get out no matter what the cost, okay? Right. When you have that man who says, I don't care what it takes, I am getting away from that woman, there is no amount of money that will keep him there, right? Right. Sometimes when people choose to stay, it is because emotionally they just can't take the idea of being divorced, right? Because it's a stigma. And nobody wants right. a stigma. So that's it's a title it. change. A it's a title change, <laughs> and it means it's over. You know, there's a finality to it. And emotionally, if you can't get your, if you can't wrap your head around it, then and and the other person's not really pushing, you might just figure, well, you know, what the heck? Let me just preserve my security blanket. But here's here is what I would say about why people should get divorced in that situation. And we're talking. Because what you said was, you know, it, it's been 15 years, right, for this for this particular lady. Exactly, right? and we were all saying, you know, you already you already kind of sorted, so why not just make it official? And they were like, in their mind, they had already moved on. He was doing his thing, she was doing her thing, but she just mm-hmm. didn't do that. You know, aside from the fact that when you when you do find someone, you're not going to be really wanting to sit there and say, "Honey, hold on," before we get married now that you've proposed because i got to get divorced first. Now let me go find that man from 15 years ago, right? Aside from that, here's what, here as the lawyer... And I was opting to um, this one more thing, you know, because the conversation was like, you know, people are opting out of marriage in 2013, so it's not a big thing anymore because no one's getting married anymore. So they, they, they cohabitate him, but... You know, um, you know, alarming numbers are cohabitating and starting the new nuclear family like that. But they're not just—they're not—they're not doing the paperwork either. You know, so that, that well, was kind of the basic I'll, of that that conversation. Here's what I'll tell you about cohabitating, though. You know that I'm sure you've heard that the divorce rate in the United States is 50 percent, right? Right. That's for first marriages. Divorce rates for second and third. Oh, marriages she's had the first marriage. Oh, yes, but wait, there's more. <laughs> But hold on, but wow. hold on. Let me let me talk to you about this cohabitating thing. So wow. the 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 breakup rate for cohabitation is higher than the divorce rate for first marriages and I think it might even be higher than the divor- than the divorce rate for second marriages. In other words, cohabitating has the highest failure rate. Now now we can't let you get away with that. You gotta fight your source. Where do you get that from? I'm just saying. I'll be, I, well, I don't remember I where I got it, but I, I know I've done the research, and I can tell you cohabitating couples do not do well. And so the the legal reason I would tell you, though, for why, if you have somebody who's in that situation where, you know, this ain't a marriage that's coming back together. These aren't two people who are thinking about trying to reconcile. They've been gone from each other for 15 years. The reason is because there are legal responsibilities that go with being married. And what you don't know is what kind of liability that other person is going to get you into because you're still legally married. I will give you an example. Had a a woman who comes in, she's been separated from her husband for some 25 years, right? And she... Let me find um, out just to say, woman, she just used in different years. (laughs) 
called it a different no, 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 no. I was, well, you know, I was a lawyer. I did divorce work for five years. So I had all right, kinds right. of scenarios. But here comes this woman. She comes into my office. She's crying. She's got this letter because her husband's been gone for 25-odd years. In that 25 years, she's, you know, she's probably in her 60s by this time. This was back when, you know, people actually stayed in their houses forever and paid off the mortgages. She was left right. with a marital house. She pays off the marital house. He falls on hard times. He files bankruptcy. The Chapter 13 trustee looks around and notices that, hey, he, when he got married, he bought this house with this woman, and it's got 100% equity in it because she paid off the mortgage after he left. The Chapter 13 trustee is coming after her house that she paid off because she's still married to some guy she hasn't seen in 25 years. Wow. That's why, that's why you get divorced because there are legal obligations that now, now, what, what, you around. What, what about Kim Kardashian's situation? You know, you got someone's bitter and said, I'm not going to give you it and will fight you to death in court because it seems like she, she was her father was this big-time lawyer, so she has access to the best lawyers. So why in her case do you think that she hasn't done it when, you know, I, I'm assuming she has better access to lawyers because her father used to be one than he does. Um, you know, how can how is he able to drag that out? I have to confess, I don't follow Kim Kardashian. I thought she was divorced. Didn't she say she wanted no. to get away from that man? Like, no. but then, you know, well, 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 almost he, immediately he, well, after, they didn't actually he, get he divorced? Felt, he kind of felt played because she put him on that show, reality show. He felt she duped him and yeah. um, just for the just for the show. So he's he's fighting it. He said, I'm not going gonna, gonna to make you fight for this divorce because you played me. So he's making her spend all her money and all her fighting in court to get a divorce from him. So he's putting up, he's pulling up everything he can to not give her the divorce and well, stuff you know, like you that. You can't make it hard. <laughs> you can't make and, it difficult. I mean, and, but but I was assuming, how system. can he make it hard when she, her father was this big time O.J. Simpson lawyer, and so her, and they got all this money around them. How cannot lawyers make him go away? Well, you know the the reality, and I can't speak to her situation because. I'm not familiar with her situation, but, you know, at the end of the day, you can't stop somebody from suing you, right? And if you file suit um, and the other person wants to contest it, you just you, you have to go through the process. So somebody files a complaint for divorce and says we have irreconcilable differences, we want to get divorced. If the other person wants to make it hard, they file an answer. And they say, well, you know what, um, yeah, we have irreconcilable differences, but, I've got problems. I've got issues. I got this but, but, issue, this issue, this issue, this issue. And I want to fight has, over this, 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 she has and this. Gone and in on any in case, she owes me some money. Hmm? And gotten pregnant by somebody else, and she's still married to this guy. And um, so That's it seems bad, like, it? you know, and she's publicly walking around with Kanye West pregnant. And so, like, when she terrible? can't get married to him, you know, it, it's like it's like another. I'm like it's a slap in the face. Everyone knows he's this kind of um, semi-famous basketball player, but not really famous. And um, you know, your wife is going around with this uh, a rapper star pregnant by him, and he said, "I'm still not going to give it to her." You know, she's going to fight for it, and, and I don't, I don't understand how you know it's been almost a year now in, in their court situation how that he can hold that up in court. So what is your advice for people like Kim Kardashian that, you know, that they got a bitter ex that don't want to give them it, and they're going on with their life, but they can't get married again until that guy gives them divorce, and they're not going to go down without fighting. What is your advice well, to, to someone like that? You just you just got to go through the process. Here's, here's the good news, though. 
is that most states are what we call no-fault states. And we're just talking generality, so I don't want anybody, you know, listening to this to assume I'm providing specific legal advice because my, my best legal advice is get a lawyer, which is where I started, and, and deal with your specific situation. But, you know, in general, most states are what we call no-fault states in the United States, which means they don't care who cheated on who. They don't care what the reasons were that you got married. All they care about is you are getting divorced. Clearly something has gone wrong. How do we separate, divide the assets? How do we figure out the child custody issues? And because that marriage was such a short one, I'm just not sure that there's a whole lot to fight about. You know what I mean? And so maybe it's just that's one, pushing I'm paper one, back and forth just to drag it out and, and do a lot of shouting in the media. But, you know, most court cases are really not that exciting. You know, you file well, papers, well, my, my you thing to you as a lawyer, because you, you said you're a lawyer, right? I am. Uh, you know. So, so how so I know what I mean, goes on in the legal system. It ain't that exciting. Well, yeah, that, what, what I'm saying is, what grounds can he have? Like, like these are just, just say, for example, three months or whatever before they, um, you know, departed or whatever. Just say, I'm assuming they definitely consummated it, but because um, they had like a television romance, three months, it's over. What can, what, what is, what do you think he's doing in court? You know, to hold her up. Not saying that Kim is on his phone. Kim, don't say that. No, I'm just playing. But you can just file um, the documentation and say you're contesting the divorce. That'll hold it up. Because, you know, there are certain time wow. frames that typically happen. So if somebody files a lawsuit, you typically have 20 to 30 days to answer. So that's a month goes by right there. Nobody has to do a thing. You're just sort of sitting around thinking about it. You file your answer. At some point, the court is going to schedule a hearing. You've got, you know, discovery, you can exchange documents, I want you to give me information about this, I want you to give me information about that, then you fight over that. And by the time you're done, maybe you have a hearing to go fight over, you know, fight in front of the judge over that. you got to schedule a hearing. The hearing is another month out. I mean, it can go on and on. It is not uncommon to have a divorce go from start to finish, two years, three years, wow. four years, I mean, it just depends on how much arguing is going back and forth. And sometimes, you know, the people just, it's an emotional time. Nobody wants to really deal with it. And so, and, and people are what, bitter because I, I remember Fantasia cheated on this person with, with this person, and the wife tried to sue her for adultery, and then the military got a law about adultery as well and stuff like that. So, you know, this bitterness, I'm, I'm saying, can you regulate this bitterness? And, you know, can they just doing it out of being bitter to me, it seems like. You know, I mean, you know, can the court just say, just get it, get over with? Can, you know, you, you can. You say you can only drag it out for so long, and then we're gonna make you, make you give it whatever. They, the court cannot make a person just like, oh, you've been playing in court too long. We are gonna call it a mistrial or what? Can they do that with uh, well, situations like have that? A case that's been going on for a really, really long time before court's gonna say that to you because a lot of times, you know, the 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 they stuff that it out. It's, you know, somebody filing a piece of paper and then waiting for an answer. The court doesn't often get involved in a lot of that stuff. So it's not like you file and then you're in front of the judge in trial. A lot of times right. you're just filing papers back and forth and you're bickering amongst yourselves and the court doesn't really get bothered until the day you show up in front of the judge. And then, you know, the judge says, hey, I've heard all your arguments. I'm going to go away. I'm going to think about it. And then the judge is going to take more time to go think about it. And then there's going to be a decision. And then both of you have, you know, sometimes a certain amount of time where you get to 
respond to the decision. So if I file something, I get to wait another 30 days, and you get to file something, and then we get to decide if we can resolve it. If not, we're going to fight over something else. In fact, we are in front of the judge. I mean, sometimes they can I, just I, I don't know. One more quick time. question, and I'm going to fall off. I'm taking up too much. I'm like, he's still talking right now. So I know I'm talking too much. But uh, I just want one more quick question. How can people save themselves from not get caught up in spousal support because like you know a lot a lot of people you know um women are paying it to men now and stuff like that because you know a lot of them are graduating college uh keeping jobs more than men how can someone protect themselves from that you know in 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 the wake of a divorce situation well you know there's always a prenuptial agreement right which basically says what's mine is mine what's yours is yours I'm not saying if they didn't do that and they you know they find themselves in a you know because you know, you know, black people don't do that. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not saying for all black people. What you trying know, to I'm, say? I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just, hey, I'm just saying. people of a certain means that that don't have, don't, 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 they don't assume that they got assets like that, and then they do that, they'd be like, oh damn, I should have had a prenup. I'm just, hey, well, you know, but hey, here's the thing. Here's the thing about support in general, right? So, um, child support, just to get it out of the way. Usually in most states there's a set calculation based on what do both of these people Not, not child, but spousal. We're in, I understand. Know, I'm, just, I'm just saying, to get it out of the way, because people who are listening are going to be thinking, yeah, what about child support too? So child it, support oftentimes true. has a set calculation, right? But with spousal support, it usually depends on the the the, the economic situation of the spouses. And it's really supposed to give the other spouse a chance to recover if they are unable, if they're not really working at their optimum capacity. Here's what I mean. Let's say you have a situation where um, one of the parents decides they're going to stay home, right? So increasingly men are staying home to take care of the kids while mom goes to work. And dad is, let's say the divorce comes and dad hasn't worked in 10 years. And He's got to go and he's got to sharpen up his skill sets. Maybe he's got to go back to school. And maybe he's got to go and and get a job and and sort of work his way back up. So she might be asked to pay spousal support while he's in school until he gets to the point where he's earning his maximum capacity. Let's say, on the other hand, you've got a woman who's working as a secretary and her husband is the president of a corporation. And secretary is, you know, it's, it's it's as high on a professional ladder as she's ever going to go because that's what she loves, that's what she does. Well, in that case, he might pay spousal support just because he makes so much more than she does, but um, if he's making her maximum earning potential, then she might just be making that money, and that's just what she makes, and she's not entitled to spousal support anymore. There are fewer and fewer courts these days and fewer and fewer states that would order something like permanent spousal support, which you used to see in years gone by where, you know, if, if, if your economic situation is really disparate, then you may be entitled for the rest of your life to get spousal they, support. They can't, like, take them back to court, like, if they get a job or if they if they bought a house and, and get married, and obviously sure they somebody can. else is taking care of them. Sure they can, because the idea is you you clearly don't need my support anymore, so why am I paying it? And sometimes you see, you know, women in particular historically who refused to get married because they didn't want to have to give up the support that they were getting. Wow. So there you have it with, but see, what, what I started with when you called in was get a lawyer. And the reason is because anytime people are going through a divorce, 
this is the kind of stuff that you need to understand. You need to understand what it means to separate your marital assets together. You need to understand what your entitlement is to child support, visitation. They divorced, they both broke. <laughs> they ain't got nothing, they don't own nothing, they in debt. <laughs> well, they in got that case, the then maybe they're just fighting over the kids, and they're just fighting over things like visitation. So, but I thank you for calling in, and I I'm listening back online and enjoying the show. And well, very informative, by the way. Well, yeah, good. Yes, I'm glad to hear that. But we are actually getting to the close to the end of our show. But you know, to 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 finish out my point with respect to the lawyers, the other things that you know you you end up needing to understand if you're going through a divorce, for example, is this concept of what I call undocumented child support. And here's how it works. Let's suppose that you are going through a divorce and you have children. And you, let's say you're a guy, because I I see this happening more to guys than it does to anybody else. You're a guy, you want to do right by your children. And you decide that you're going to pay some sort of child support. You come to an agreement with mom about what that number is, and you start paying. Faithfully, faithfully, here you are paying support, life is good. Well, at some point... Let's suppose the fight starts. Maybe the fight starts because while you're paying support, she is not letting you see the kids and you're ticked off because you're thinking, well, if I'm paying, I should be seeing. And she's thinking, well, you know, I hate you. And uh, no, you're not going to see them. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to use them as a weapon to manipulate you because, um, you know, I'm still mad about the divorce in the first place. So what you need to understand is this concept of undocumented child support, which is, If you are paying child support and you're not doing it under a court order through the court system, it may not count. So it's almost like an under-the-table payment. You're paying in good faith, which is true, but if the court has not ordered it and um, set the amount and you're just paying, if that woman ever gets mad, goes back to the courthouse and says, hey, I need to order this guy to pay child support, then you may be in a situation where the court looks around and says, you know, you have not been paying child support. And you're like, yes, I have. Why? Here are my receipts, right? And sometimes the court might say, well, that's interesting, but it wasn't court-ordered child support. So not only are we going to order you and figure out what you should be paying, but we're now going to ask you to pay back child support. And heaven forbid if she was getting payments from the state as well as from you, because then the state is going to say, oh, we were supporting your child. And now that we have established that, you know, you're the one who needs to pay support, we're going to order you to pay back child support, and you're going to have to pay the state. And you're like, wait just a minute. I have been making payments. Didn't count. That is the concept that I will call undocumented child support. So all of these things are things that you need to understand and try to avoid if you are going through a divorce. So that is as much as I'm going to tell you about um, the law with respect to divorce. We are going to have part three of this show that will air in probably about another month from now. But um, that is uh, what I can tell you for today. So thank you very much to my caller from sunny California while I'm freezing over here in Minnesota. But uh, thank you for calling in, and until next week, this is Speedway saying go in peace and protect yourself. 
Thank you for joining us on The Speedway Show. Visit thespeedwayshow.com for content and other episodes. Join the fan page at facebook.com slash thespeedwayshow. And follow Speedway on Twitter at the handle The Speedway Show. Until next week, live well, live fully, and love deeply.